Hey guys, welcome to episode 63 of the JV Club with none other than sex nerd Sandra, aka Sandra Doherty. We had such a great time. Um, I have recorded several episodes that I have uh, sort of stocked up on so that I could continue releasing episodes while I am away in New Zealand, and uh, this marks the first of those. And I am just completely delighted and overjoyed that Sandra was on the show. I really, I mean, listen, I love all my guests. You, nobody knows that better than you guys, except maybe me. Um, but this one was just, dare I say, electric. It was just cerebrally electric. I felt like I couldn't possibly talk fast enough to get out all the words in my in my mind. And I think Sandra felt the same way. So we really, really had a great time doing the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, what I'm going to try to do with shout outs is to get some shout outs out here for uh, this episode for this Thursday. Um, I'm about to record the intro for the following episode. So if you shout me out while I'm away, do not be surprised if you do not make it into shout outs uh, before I get back, because um, these are things that I have pulled off line for, uh, for now. And, uh, and you know, I'll, I'll get caught up on that stuff when I get back. I'd love to be able to touch in with that stuff while I'm gone. But on the off chance that I'm so busy herding sheep in New Zealand that I don't have a chance to be online much, uh, I still wanted to get some shout outs in there in some of these episode intros. So first off, I want to uh, give shout outs to Jackie F and PJ and Jenny S and Amy and Alec on the Christie page. Thanks to all of you for your patience with the little snafu with the audio and the fact that the episode re-released, I think it was a bit confusing for a time there because Apple was recognizing it both as a new episode and as an old episode. So people's um, iTunes weren't downloading them automatically. I mean, it was a whole thing again to hold on desperately to the drama. I tried to create uh, the stir. I tried to create around all of this um, when it happened last week. Uh, I think we've all worked it out now. I think everyone's probably fine. Um, on the Casey uh, Wilson page on uh, Nerdist, I want to thank DEC1234, Trala, Rebecca, V, Will, Hannah, Joseph, Alec, PJ, Scott, B, Amy, Jess, James, M, Guano, Lad, Bronwyn, and for your email, Mike W in Tucson, AZ, um, my buddy over in Tucson. Thank you so much for listening and for weighing in, guys. And um, that's it. It's a quickie. I'm going to uh, welcome you into the episode without any further ado. Maybe one more ado. Ado. Now entering Nerdist.com. those of you who are regular listeners to the podcast, you will understand the significance when I tell you that Sandra is seated on the carpet and not on the couch. <laughs> and again, I don't think, you know, it's not something that I think about when someone picks the couch, I never call it out because generally people sit on the couch, but I do call it out when someone sits on the carpet. It's a litmus test. I kind of only use specifically on the people who sit on the carpet. Like I never think twice when someone sits on the couch, but when someone's like, I'll sit on the floor, I'm like, I like this person. Oh. Like you passed a test I didn't even know that I was administering until after it was over. Good, because yeah. we just met. Um, I know. And there's that 
part of you where you're like, I hope we become friends sometime. It's done. Carpet time. It's done. You have the best floor sitting carpet. Carpet, yes. carpet diem. Because there's, there's a yeah, cushion to it. Yeah, this is very, pl- this is a very uh, fluffy sort of shag without being like a hairy shag. Nobody needs like a straight up hairy you know, like a flocati, you know what I'm talking about? That's a very specific My word. But, had some right, those flocatis where it's like mupp- a little muppety. Like if the if there's a, a breeze, it flows. Yeah. <laughs> like rippling seas of grain. That actually sounds pretty good, rippling seas of grain. But uh, yeah, okay, so we're speaking the same language. There's no yeah. question about that. Uh, flocati, by the way, does actually sound like a Game of Thrones language. Oh yeah! So you're like, do you speak you, do you speak Flocati? It's my maiden tongue. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Um, we have to come up with some sort of like weird mythical beast that uh, is associated with the Flocati people. The koala sore. Yes. Thank God you said that. <laughs> That's interesting. You would say that because my the cartoon that I'm on uh, mixes animals. Oh really? All the cart- all the animals on the cartoon. I guess fire ferrets aren't. That's not really true. That's just a ferret. But most of the like you see that image up there. That's oh, yeah. my character's best friend and dog. Uh, but it's a polar bear dog. Oh. So she so she's part polar bear part dog. So I want to see this koala sore. So I welcome listeners because we do have some very artistic listeners mm-hmm. to provide an image of the koala sore if you would like to sketch <laughs> something out. I mean, we even have graphic novelists who listen to this podcast. So. Sandra, you could have a whole new adventure. The, the, the Sandra and the Flocati people and their koala sores. I want a picture of me riding my koala sore through the jungle, but pausing to eat some leaves. I think there's an 85% chance that image <laughs> will come into your life within the next, I'm going to say within the next month. Uh, well, thank you. I could go I mean, sooner. If somebody gets real excited about it, it could happen in days after this episode is released. But I'm going to say within a month. Okay. We've told the universe, and the universe is listening. We've put it out there. We're secreting on a very, very specific, <laughs> very simplistic idea, but sometimes those are the best ones to pick. Secreting. We're secreting right now. Wow. We're totally secreting right now. Huh. It's so funny. I was just doing a little thought process on secrets, so it's funny that you used it as a verb. Cause I, oh, I, were you? Because I hold... Because like, I realized I hold a lot of secrets, like constantly people are telling me their deep, dark oh, sure. secrets all the time. Sure. And like things that I'm, I'm constantly holding stuff in. And then when I see them with other people, I'm like, I can't say anything. I know a thing. I, I know, know a thing. So like I'm constantly knowing things yeah. about things. Um, and I, at some point I realized like, wow. And you I just started. Up. Yeah. But then I started uh, telling people more of like my own stories and things, which I usually don't yeah. share. I think it's because I'm holding so many secrets that it's just the rest of Something's got to get out. You've come to the right podcast. I'm very glad I invited you. You might be able to just download a lot right now and right here and find the weight has lifted off of you because I could really grill you, but I'll be gentle. But what was I going to ask? Oh, well, obviously you're good at keeping those secrets, right? Because if you continue to have people that who you know who trust you obviously you're not out there putting the word out and then because uh, sooner or later people find out about that right when you when, right. when somebody spills the beans yeah it's hard it's i mean like it's good it's just your brain goes to places and you're like quiet yeah. you know so it's, but you know what let me oh boy this is gonna be a good one i've been very <laughs> excited to do I'm this for too. a long time because 
some of this, I mean, obviously, I definitely want to know all about your adolescence, and we'll get to that. But, you know, I do like to do some ricocheting back and forth, as you probably know from the episodes that you listen to. Um, but since you, now we have brought up the idea of secrets, since I am here with a very sex-positive person who is uh, made it their business to be professional and um, all-knowing, shall we say all-knowing, omnipotent, uh, omniscient? omniscient? Pure facade. Okay. Pure facade. But yes. Uh, well, it's sort of like an expanding universe, right? I'm, I feel like sexuality could be like an expanding universe world where you can't ever know everything in it a good is, way. It is expanding in the way that the universe is expanding and it's getting faster. Yes. Um, no, it's, it's, it's hmm. the amount of epiphanies you can have and the knowledge you can find about sexuality and relationships and love because that's all in the realm Absolutely. of things that I am fascinated with. It's inexhaustible. You know, oh, I would agree. And yeah. by the way, if you get asked, if I start asking stuff that you get asked in interviews all the time, you can just tell me to go f off. Also, we do curse on the show, so I'm not sure why <gasps> I just said f instead of fuck. But um, but here's here's the question. You know, we talking about keeping secrets. You're talking about keeping other people's secrets. Um, might as well ask this while it's on my mind and our mind collectively. Uh, what? How do you feel about keeping secrets in relationships? In terms of like, what secrets are appropriate? What secrets? Not specifically, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like intimacy is so fragile and it's so different from one person to another. And some people believe in full transparency in a mm-hmm. relationship and this brutal kind of honesty and other people end up keeping a lot of things from their partners. Thoughts on that? You're talking about keeping secrets from the other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I jumped from you keeping other people's secrets yeah. to the idea of secrets in a relationship, in a marriage, in dating, anything, any kind of sexual or romantic relationship. Um that's just something that comes up for people a lot, right? Is some people keep yeah. big secrets from each other. Some people say they don't keep any secrets. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, obviously, it's probably to each their own, but it's how do you navigate that world? I, I love how much of relationships and all these things are really... Like You can do research, and it can tell you what is, but that's not going to tell you what's best. And that's such a personal choice. Personally, ah. Oh. Like, I find that honesty is the best policy, and I'm, I'm all about... Like, I'm transparent to the point where it's annoying to people. I think I'm like that, too. Yeah. And then... Hence this podcast. Yeah. And hence your podcast. Right. Like, we, we talk a lot. We like talking. Yeah. We like processing. I can't not. But there's something, there's something nice about that, because I do feel like I know there's... Especially generationally, it feels like people's parents... And certainly, there it depends on how you're raised and stuff, but I think there is this sort of... Especially sometimes female passive aggressive quality that's completely bred. It's not like in, innate. Mm-hmm. That is the sort of don't say what you really mean mm-hmm. and, you know, make like someone guess or it. yeah. And that's a really hard thing for anyone, whether you're in a gay or straight relationship or you're a man or a woman experiencing that from the, from your partner. That's such an impossible yeah. game. Like no one wins that game, but it's really hard to let go of that <sighs> behavior. But I feel like, I want to say, and I'm, maybe there are you know guys I've dated out there who would disagree, but I feel like I'm I do try to be as transparent as possible, and mm-hmm. also I have no choice. Like my emotions are all over my face. Mm-hmm. If I'm upset about something, it's so obvious. There's no point in me saying like nothing. I'm fine. There's no right. point. It's gonna all that, come out when you say nothing. I'm fine. It's with the tone of. I'm so furious right now. Yeah. So it just comes out so fast. Like it, like there is no even room for nothing. I'm fine. I might even open my mouth to say nothing. I'm fine. And then everything that's bothering me will pour out. I have no, it's not like it just happens to me. Yeah. 
No, it's okay. When it comes to honesty and then, because this is, this is where like, my brain goes to the biggest thing where it's like when you go to honesty and then there's, are we being honest about our past? Are we being honest, wanting to be honest about our feelings? Or is it about uh, our desires, needs, and wants? I mean, which area of yourself? Because there's so much. Um, the mistake, I think, is when people over-process or just constantly talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, and just like beat something to death because they feel like they need to talk about it and be so honest. Right. Um, I find that to identify your core needs and wants that fulfill you, and if you're not getting those fulfilled in a relationship and are not expressing that, even if it feels like they should freaking figure it out, right. because like I'm... I am no better at relationships than the average person, I feel like. Um, but I work on it constantly. And, I, and isn't that something kind of great? I mean, it's, I think, I think that's why people, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but uh, I can't, I feel like that's one of the, re- like, people love that Oprah struggles with her weight, as an example, because she's not perfect. Mm-hmm. And so this idea of you just like being high on a mountaintop where you're looking down at everything and you have this bird's eye view and you've got it all figured out. What, I don't know that it would be as I don't know that you would be as engaging as the person who's able to say I'm I'm just in it like everybody else we're all in it together. Yeah, there's this this fundamental flaw with the expert model that's really bothered me. Um, like even from like the first time like Chris Hardwick was just like podcast and I was like yes he's like you're an expert and I'm like no I'm not he's like yes you are <laughs> right and I was like why is everyone calling me an expert like okay there is at some point where you know enough and you can speak from a certain point of view that you can kind of be looked at as maybe maybe this person has stuff to draw on that is helpful. sure um but like therapists, like I, I know lots of therapists, psychologists, people who should know everything about all the feelings. They're just as screwed up Correct. as the rest of us. They Correct. just, and like having, if anything, knowing more about all the stuff just makes it harder. Yeah. You know, but people will ask like, oh, anyone you date must be totally freaked out and intimidated by you. It's like, no, I'm freaked out. <laughs> They're fine. Right. Um, so yeah, Oprah. Oprah, me, me and Oprah. You and Oprah. I just compared you. To, I did definitely <laughs> draw a parallel between you and Oprah. There's no question about that. Um, so, but yeah, so, but it's just so tricky because I feel like, again, I'm, and my, honestly, speaking of fears, like my biggest fear is that I'm just going to traipse over like sh- shit that you've talked about on, in so many other oh. places, but Endlessly this is our first time meeting and stuff. being in person together. Yeah. But I mean, like when you keep all of those things that you said about secrets are true. Um, I do feel like, I mean, it, like what about all these, the sort of potential situations? And there, oh, by the way, there's also just a lot of this floating around there as there always is. Huh. But in, in my friendship ether, there's oh. a, there's a, there seems to be a lot of relationship drama right now, like more than usual. Well, you like, know how sometimes everybody's just kind of going along. And of course mm. you have a couple of friends who are in the throes or whatever's happening. Mm. Um, but right now it, there feels like there's so much uncertainty in so many of my friends, either singleness or mm. our togetherness. There's a lot of like, you know, disruption in relationships where people thought that they trusted each other and then they've betrayed <sighs> the other. Meanwhile, you know, a, a single friend is interested in a married woman. Meanwhile, um, you know, somebody else is like dating somebody who's wants a polyamorous relationship mm-hmm. and they don't. And there's just a lot of gr- like, yeah. like cosmic grumbling in the relationship front uh, in my circle, you know, whatever that circle is. Cause none of these people know mm-hmm. each other, but there's just seems like there's a lot of disruption. And I find myself in a place where I, 
I am so lone wolfing it. Like I'm so retreating from all of that. Like, yep, I just want to be alone for the rest of my life. I, I don't want to see just, any of that. You said you know lone I mean? wolf. Lone yeah. wolfing is one of my favorites. Yeah. I'm a lone wolf a little bit. I am too. And both my parents are. They never remarried after they split up. Oh, really? And my mom never really had another relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying that's right or that that's an mm-hmm. answer. But sometimes when that kind of disarray is happening and that mm-hmm. chaos all around you, there is this feeling of like, well... I'll end up in one of these scenarios at some point soon if I'm oh, in a serious committed relationship. So why why am I even going to, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to be the person who breaks the other person's heart? Because after 10 years in a relationship and the, and the sex is not there and there isn't uh, honesty happening, uh, I'm going to cheat on them or they're going to cheat on me or we're never going to do any of that, but something else is going to decay. Like it's just a very... The chaos is breeding this kind of negative perspective in me right now. Totally. Okay, when I say lone wolf, I'm just more like, I, I, I'm dabble in terms of my socializing. Like mm-hmm. I'm, um, I'm biased in that I value partnership very much. Uh, and like, there's, there's me, the person who feels like I need to be some sort of like, I'm going to now be really uh, objective about all this. And me who's like, OMG girl. Um, yeah. But truly... Relationships are difficult, but they're incredibly rewarding. You kind of right. know that. That's sort of the spiel. And I know that when your community, because last year, like everybody that I knew was going through some drama, it feels like the world, like just it, like the system is broken. It just feels like how can this even yes, ever? That's very much the feeling that seems pervasive right now mm-hmm. for me with my friends. Right. Um, I find that in the choosing of the person that you decide to align yourself with in a relationship to develop, because, I mean, relationships are about developing yourself, uh, developing each other, having good times, um, encouragement. Like, there's so much that you can get out of partnership. Um, And I find that, like, I just think of, like, everyone on Earth right now is, like, part of, like, we're sort of, like, you know, class of 2013 right now. Like, everyone who's alive right now won't be alive in 200 years. Like, we... And in, well, uh, listen, that's well, okay. not entirely. No, I'm just kidding. Science and stuff. You never know. I mean, I, you never know, guys. That guy with the beard, Aubrey de Grey, he's figuring it out. Yeah. All the- and also, we'll, we'll at some point reach. Um, what is that thing that I always forget the name of where human, where uh, artificial intelligence becomes intelligent? And I always forget that. Scary stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's I always I forget it. what that is, which is so funny because I'm obsessed with it. It's like a, it's like a very. Uh, new agey sounding term but really it means like artificial intelligence becomes intelligent i want to know i we know can this, download guys. download our memories and- um but please continue to talk while i quickly look it up because i can't believe it's like i'm having aphasia over one of my most favorite words and ideas <laughs> no i can't uh, wait till we're immortal and then all of our relationship drama can just keep on happening until the end of time Oh, yes. Listen, uh, that's what I think when I see vampire, right? People talk about that when they see vampire movies. They're like, oh, my God, you could never be with someone. Or I can't believe I'm about to say this. Mormons versus vampires both potentially live forever and pick partners that they're going to have forever, whether it's because they made vampires or because they got sealed in the temple. But those are two examples mm-hmm. of people who uh, I just described vampires as people as if they really exist. <laughs> Who believe who who essentially believe that you're tied to someone for inter- eternity, not this life. 
And some people believe like, oh, you go to heaven. Like when you get married, you say till death do us part. Not Mormons. You know, if you get sealed in the temple, you are saying we will be together for all of eternity. Eternity. Together. Forever. You can't change your mind Uh when you get to heaven. Even the weekend. Um, Exactly. Um, This is hard, Janet. I know. This is really like, I should have come up with like a a list of things to cover instead of... (laughs) The brain no, I'm, explosion I have, I'm having. Like, I have my whole purse of adolescent goodies. But when we talk about relationships, it's choosing, like having conversations and sort of setting the expectations early on and knowing what your values are. Like why, like every single person who chooses to be in a relationship is choosing for different reasons. Right. Like sure, okay. Like I was, I mean talk about my teenage years. Like I watched every uh, romantic comedy ever and loved the whole like and then we lived happily ever after well that's what i was gonna ask is like too and i want to obviously get into what your role models were and what your your you Make know what Ryan, your parents were like Sandra what Bullock. your parents were like oh. and what your but also what yeah what you're what you're sort of surrounding yourself with yeah. in in your your cultural upbringing mm-hmm. but also you know like the super freudian kind of like what were your, what were your parents like yeah all that stuff Ugh. um so you want to get into me or like, you want me to answer the question about like all relationships ever, whatever, it's, whatever excites okay. you the most right now. Now, I just want to say, since you just said that everybody in your community right now is like having really hard times. And but, by the way, guys, not everybody. I don't want you guys to comb through your mind and think, <laughs> who are the people that Janet has mentioned on the podcast? You know, I know a lot of people. I'm we're very blessed in this in this environment because uh, we get to see hundreds of people who are amazing. Um, the singularity. I'm so right. sorry, but the singularity is when uh, artificial intelligence becomes self aware. Yeah. That sounds religious and stuff. I know. It's basically a kind of religion. <laughs> oh. Continue. Um, I know it can feel like, oh my God, and maybe you're just in a phase in your life like, oh, I don't want to be in a relationship, so I don't want to do that. Um, I mean, I've been in really hard relationships and I've been in amazing relationships. And like I had these, I've, I had these role models um, when I was a teenager. I worked at a costume shop called Make Believe Costumes in Santa Monica. Uh, and great friends with the the owners, the people who work there. And Paige and her husband were like one married couple in their 60s. And Ruth and Jan were another couple. And both the women worked there. And like I was just having relationship drama. And I was like 16 at the time in like a two-year relationship. I'm just like, oh. And I was like, Paige. Two, I've said this before on the podcast when people say they were with someone for that long when they were that young. But two years is an eternity to be with someone when you're 16. Yeah, oh my God. We can, a lifetime. My relationship math. Yeah. Like I started at 13 and just kept going. It was intense. But I asked Paige. I was like, Paige, is marriage easy or difficult? And she's like, oh my God, Sandra, it's the hardest thing ever. Like it's so hard. It's so hard. Like, it's the hardest. And I was like, oh, God. Because my partner at the time, we were talking about, like, maybe, you know, Giggers like, oh, we are going to be together together till the end of time. Right. Uh, And do I want that? Should I feel bad that I don't want that or that I'm hesitant about that? Like, why don't I want, do I want that? I do. I want that. But it's scary. Like, all the things. Mm -hmm. And then. And 16. And 16. And the next day I asked. And that's when you feel the most like that. That's when you're like, the, for me anyway, I was the most like, I think this person is the person I'm supposed to grow old with because there was, this, uh, there was an innocence there uh-huh. that and doesn't exist necessarily. It's yeah. like a tot. Yeah. I'm like gripping my microphone. I'm mad. It. I like, love it. <laughs> and then I asked Ruth the next day. I'm like, Ruth, tell me about marriage. Is it easy or hard? She's like, it's really easy. Like mm. it's, it's effortless. And 
I sat with that and like through the years I've watched them and they're and it's really it's about who you choose and the chemistry you have and who you are right I mean if you're somebody right. who's just conditioned or or whatever whether it's mm-hmm. in your genes or it's it's in your upbringing to sort of fuss over everything mm-hmm. or to make things hard for yourself mm-hmm. or whatever then yeah. that might just be part of your character and like things are a lot of work for you in general True. and then other people who just don't view work in the same way or don't make things complicated yeah. in the same way um, there are lots of resources in terms of knowledge and adding wisdom to your brain to help process things differently. And I, I thrive when I reach out for resources when I'm struggling. Um, one thing that's, that I love, my friend Kate, who's, who's a therapist, and we were talking recently, and she was talking about how in relationship models, um, the one way you can look at the people that you, you date and partner with is that they're... Um, they're an opportunity for a corrective experience. That's why we draw people into our lives who, who might have great characteristics and ones that reflect our past and, and other people we've struggled with. And every time you're with someone like that, you get the opportunity to grow and to heal. And some of us just keep doing the same stuff over and sure, over again. Sure, Ugh. Patterns, um, good old patterns. Oh, they're so fun. They're so comfortable for humans, right? Mm-hmm. That that kind of known mm-hmm. versus the unknown, choosing the known, even if right. the known isn't the best for you. Yeah, but then like I'll do research on patterns. I'm like, what are these patterns? And then, you know, humans will see patterns where there are no patterns. And then we won't see patterns that are actually there. And Ooh, I love that. That's so true. So it's like our perception is so flawed. Like we think we see everything, but there's so much we don't know that it's happening. That's why like in the like sex and love nerding that I do, it's just like, I can never just sit somewhere and be like, this is my knowledge. Let right. me now write the book. It's like, I'm always learning. Yeah. Always new things. So yeah. anyway, hi. How's it well, going? it's interesting. Great. Thanks. <laughs> um, it's interesting though that you, and I can't, this sounds very like grilling, but it, it's interesting that you use them. That's, those are two beautiful sterling examples of having these two women side by side of the same kind of age range in this workplace environment where, you know, maybe there is some kind of like lovely maternal relationship happening, but also a pe- like maternal and peer at the same time, mm-hmm. which creates this kind of wonderful, almost like emotional, personal mentorship, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about career and professional mentors, mm-hmm. which I always sort of giggled at because I've never been in a career where like, actually calling someone a mentor would have made sense to me. It just mm-hmm. seemed so like rigid and like, oh, my mentor. But I have great respect for the idea of mentors. And I also, so that, that the idea of like having those people who are mentors for you in your, in your personal life, in mm-hmm. your emotional life, even that may be at a job of yours that just mm-hmm. so happens you benefit from that. But that what you know, the fact that you answered about those two women, they're, they're, they're modeling for you. Um, now I really got to ask what your parents oh. were like, were your parents together? Did they, were they divorced? Did uh, they remarry? My parents have been together and are still together. Um, and have you already like just completely delved into all of that? Like, okay, so I have then uh, my no. Freudian sample is a couple who made it work versus somebody who's from a split home like me, whose Freudian sample is not only does it break, but you give up after it breaks. Ah, <sighs> God, I mean, just because your parents are still together doesn't necessarily mean it's a amazing example of how certainly true, certainly a true. Thriving relationship. I was looks. giving you the opportunity right. for you to have it be that if you if it is. No, um, I haven't analyzed it a ton. There are so many ways to analyze your growing up. I mean, just attachment theory. 
Have you heard of attachment theory? Yeah. Which is, you know, it's like how the baby and the mom bond. And like, if your mom's like stressed out all the time, then you freak out. And, you know, it's, and the fact that that can affect how you relate to a person and how you deal with conflict it's like, I just want to throw my mic down and be like, I, I give up. Right, I'm done. Right. Like, if it was like solidified. Each little incremental part <laughs> of some, you know, your mom didn't listen to enough, you know, uh, the classical music in the womb, but then your your teachers have this enormous effect. Mm. And if your teachers didn't, uh, yeah, that you could really just go, wow, everything affects everything. I'm screwed. At the wrong time while you were looking at her when you were two months old. Sure, during a full moon. Sure. Right. You will feel rejected every time a person shrinks right. <laughs> you know right. like right no it's i don't no i have a really positive attitude about relationships um my parents have a good friendship mm-hmm. um they are not their relationship is not the model that i would like to live out with my relationships mm-hmm. um and Ideally, I mean, on my show, you know, hey guys, if anybody listens to my show, what's up? Let's go. Sex going? or Sandra? Sex or Sandra? <laughs> it's like weird to run into you here. Um, like I identify poly, uh, polyamorous. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's an exciting time for relationship structure because we have been in a strictly monogamous structure for so long in American culture, and there is like a huge boom in alternative relationship structures. But the thing is, is like, it's going to take another 50 years to really iron out. Like, people are figuring it out. I right agree now. with you. And I, and I also think that, God, this is like, oh, yeah, yeah, I wish we had like 50 hours. And <sighs> I could, I wish I could edit this into like, <laughs> like, okay, this is the section where we talked about this eight different times, but now I'm just funneling it all into this section and I'm dropping all of this into this mm. section and this and this. But, um, uh, what, what did I just want to say? I just wanted to say that, I feel like part of the problem with um, people's inability to accept polyamorous relationships um, has so much to do with non-romance love stuff, but big picture society stuff where your self-worth is so tied Mm -hmm. to the idea of someone only wanting you, to the idea Mm -hmm. of specialness, Mm -hmm. and that you have to... I mean, I guess that is pretty Mm relationship-specific also, but this idea that like... We, we're not conditioned or taught or bred, at least not as Americans, I don't think, to value ourselves and our core on a, on a, on a personal level no. and on a strong self-awareness and self-love level mm-hmm. enough for, so then it becomes like relationships become about this person's going to make me feel this. This person's going to make me feel like I'm the only person in the world. This person. And so God forbid you be in a relationship where someone says, I, I, this is what I love about you. And this is how I love being with you. And this is the kind of sex I like having with you. Mm-hmm. But there's somebody else that is electric to me in a different way. And mm-hmm. it has no bearing whatsoever on the value mm-hmm. I place on what we have together. Mm-hmm. I don't think that people can accept that at this point. I mean, largely people feel like no 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 no. that must mean something's wrong with me or you don't like me enough i'm not enough for you kind of you know what i mean the self-worth thing is so tied to it intrinsically that i think that's part of the 50 years it's gonna take like i i do all the non-verbal like faces (laughs) i'm like "Ah!" like my faces is like ah um so many things uh yeah self-worth so difficult i mean we aren't taught to self-regulate or to self-love um, in the non-sexual sense, if you're listening and thinking mm-hmm, they're naughty mm-hmm. thoughts. 
Um, I totally agree with you. It's difficult. Now, I would say that, like, like you know, the generation of everyone on Earth right now, depending, you know, because our brains are partially formed, but, like, everything that you put in helps form us and adapt to the reality that is at hand. You know, like, people, kids who are growing up now who, like, iPad and touch screens are totally normal. Totally normal. Like, right. Well, there nothing nothing existed before that. That's just what life is. It's like they're adapting to the now. Yeah. You know, where I'm like, wow, I feel really old now. Uh, I Me remember too. VHS. Same, yes, 100%. Um, so I feel like in a different moment in the human story, if you grow up and that is just the reality of how humans relate to each other, that would be totally normal. But because you have a bunch of people who... That is not the way they were raised. And yet suddenly there's all this new information. There's tons of struggle. Now, I would say that Polly is of every single person who's Polly looks at it, does it differently. Mm. So like one person who wants to have like five different relationships that are all just as electric and on the same level. One that's exhausting. Time management is dramatic Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily feasible. And there is certain. Here's the thing. (laughs) I'm just kind of like, it's about. All relationships, it's about being honest about how you feel. Deep down, underneath all the layers of lying to yourself and trying to fit into what you should be feeling and shame and guilt and self-worth and needs and wants. It's like, no, really, what feels right to me? Um, But don't you think that we're so... It's like there's so much noise all the way down to that point mm -hmm. is like the tiniest little whisper of a voice now with the way that we're the way that we are, are sort of taught to understand lying to ourselves yeah. or worrying or overanalyzing, yeah. right? That people oh. think, oh, I'm trying to get down to that little whisper of a voice at the bottom, mm-hmm. but this journey that I'm taking is not even a journey. It's just like a me spiraling yeah. and like overthinking everything. Like that we think that analysis somehow will lead to instinct instead of l- replacing analysis with mm-hmm. instinct. <sighs> I don't even know what I just said. No, yeah, like overanalyzing, it is like a downward spiral. And unless you have positive, um, authentic, like, input from outwards, that's why, like, resources are good. Like, um, the book Mating in Captivity is fantastic for people who are in long-term partnerships where the erotic, mysterious charge has started to fizzle out. Um, That's a common issue, but not necessarily the end of that it's just that relationships are to be cultivated. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an everyday, you know, relationships are a garden. It's not, you water it, you give it love and you give it light. You don't just sort of like, okay, I'm married, done, yeah. moving on. That person's marriage is going to fall apart. Agreed. And that's something that I think has, I've, that, that I think about a lot and I talk about a lot with people in relationships, which is that, that element of choice, that it's active, it's not passive. That every day has to be active and not passive. She's uh, Sandra is fixing her adorable um, hair bun. Uh, one of two, might I add, that are quite adorable. Oh. But yeah, that you that you sort of that that is like the easiest thing to sort of let slide after the people become comfortable. That there is no there's it doesn't feel like there's a choice anymore, and it doesn't feel like there's a cultivation. And to your point, um, and that I like what you say about gardening too, because there, there it, it allows for the sort of seasonal quality, a cyclical quality too, which is just because 
the ground's dry right now yeah. doesn't mean that there can't be some little shoots under there that you don't see that Spring are going to come coming. up. Spring is coming. Like that you sort of know, yeah. you, you understand that your relationship can be cyclical rather than mm-hmm. one thing with an end, like yeah. a, lo- a straight line mm-hmm. versus like a circle where yeah. you can fall back in love with the same person that you thought you fell out of yeah. love with, but that you're married to. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. And falling in love for the second, third and fourth time. It's really great. Yeah. Like it's excellent because then you have like all the butterflies and excitement of falling in love with someone but then you also know them so there's that trust and you can kind of go deeper it's it's one of the great like i've i've fallen in love in like relationships where it'd been you know droughty for a while right and oh it feels really good i could agree with you i've done the same and agree and that's something that i think comes with age and maturity and time and just sort of like living with yourself longer too i could be wrong it could be possible to sort of but I, but I think that there's that sort of a that to me feels like one of the gifts that you get as you get older too, which is that I think a lot of us have this idea that when a relationship isn't working, that especially you know in this day and age, that 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 means you should leave, mm-hmm. and sometimes it does. Oh, but please, I'm waving my finger around. Yeah, because oh my god, we're getting so. I love I love when people can just really just nerd out on I can relationships. nerd it up. Um. But the idea that... This is basically like we ate pot brownies, but we did not eat pot brownies. <laughs> right? Yeah. You're like, oh, ideas. Yeah. No, um, and I've thought about this a lot um, because in my younger... Okay, let's just lay it out. By the time I was in eighth grade, I had my first relationship. It lasted seven months. That is a long time a long for time. eighth grade. But Relationship like kissing, kissing, kissing holding hands, not sex. In, being in love. Right. I was not having sex at the time. Right. That was the next year. Great. Got it. <laughs> um, but I was deeply in love. And and I had a three year relationship after that, and a three year relationship after that. And and don't you hate year... when people say that young people don't feel like can't experience love? I'm oh. not saying. By the way, I was not saying that you don't experience love when you're younger. I was saying that like it can it, it's hard to be patient when you're younger and refall in love with someone after five years if you're only seventeen. But yeah. that the fear we talked about this on the podcast before and all the time. But the love that you can feel when you're in eighth grade mm-hmm. can be so profound and Duh. so moving and so intense and so all-encompassing but no in a way framework. that many of us can't feel you know in their 30s and 40s and 50s because they we don't allow ourselves to be swept away or we have all of yeah. these responsibilities all the fear sort of, and all the fear and all the baggage and all that stuff so i 100 percent uh accept and embrace that you are deeply in love i feel i've uh been in the same Thank place you. but you had a lot of long-term relationships uh yes. okay so seven months then three years then three years yeah and there's no i mean i, I was the oldest of three was i am uh-huh. and and where is where is this taking place uh i grew up in santa monica okay so i'm mm-hmm. a local mm-hmm. and um yeah i was the oldest i didn't have an older sister and i didn't have any role models i had no framework for love healthy relationships good communication at all and i was just like Thanks. your parents are married but they were just like friends and a quiet a quiet sort of marriage yeah i have a, like my family's awesome like gregarious uh great sense of humor just loving my parents are the most loving warm accepting people like i i scored big time in terms of my parents um they both actually came from incredibly impoverished backgrounds like like neglect and poverty Mm. Uh, my mom's from the philippines my dad's from texas and they met here in california and um it's it's remarkable because i didn't realize i was older but two people from different ends of the world but still the same kind of like 
the kind of like difficult sadness that comes with that. Mm. And then coming together and creating a family where it was just like, we're going to do this freaking right. And they like just loved and cherished. And it was like the best. Love so, um, I mean, it's still a family with like, oh, God. Damn. Right, right. But. Um, but you had a natural curiosity too, where you're able to say, you know, that you were looking, it sounds to me that you were looking around beyond, you know, the perimeters of like your, your close family life and just looking out and seeing like what's happening, who are my role models or like what models mm-hmm. am I working off of in terms of mm-hmm. sex and relationships? Yeah. Is well, that kind of what you were saying? I don't want to put words in I don't even remember. No, I think it was, um, oh, just like, I think that the, you had no older sister or you had no, I didn't have, so I didn't know it's, it's like when people are missing resources, like one thing, I have a pet peeve about humans. It's that... Just one? <laughs> we don't encourage each other enough. And we don't raise each other up enough. Like mm. we're so worried about ourselves. Like there's not Couldn't enough. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, oh boy, you said that on the right podcast. Oh, snap. Oh, tens of people right now, maybe even dozens, <laughs> are saying, yes, Sandra, yes. Um, this is, I, I like to think that this is a enough with people... Kind yeah. of a podcast. Um, so I don't even remember what my point was before, before. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I do, when I get into this mode, like where I am, my brain is right now, like, it is like I'm high. Cause it's like, yeah, I don't it would know. be so cool if you could see like some sort of like seismic chart of like what we've done and like how much it's been <laughs> like, and then like, oh, circle around. Oh, no, hit that. Okay, talked about that for a second and just ricocheted back over to blah, blah, blah. Oh. Okay, this is, this. I have it. I have it right now in my brain. Okay, are you ready? Ready. Are you ready? Never readier. When it comes to love, the idea that you can only love one person, and if you feel anything for someone else. Now, sexual urge, that's just like a, that is a sub-chapter to this, but I'm not going to get into that. But just feeling, crushing, maybe feeling love for someone else on whatever levels, romantic or otherwise, that somehow, like, can cause shame and insecurity like doubting your relationship worrying should i leave this person for that person right like all those things and that's the stuff of legend that's the stuff of k- movies woody allen movies the, for sure all the stories all the stories all yes. the songs yes and the truth is you can feel all that and now sometimes when you feel something for someone else it wakes up a part of you that was dormant yes and it's it's a good sign yeah that you're becoming more of yourself and you know maybe look at that yeah but I don't know. I guess it's just hard because so much like when I was growing up in my teenage years, I was in relationships and I was deeply in love with other people at the same time. And I have always had relationships where I was crazy in love, just really like cared and was fully there, but then also in incredible pain because I loved other people too. And I didn't know how to sit with that. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, a decade and a half later, I finally forgiven myself for that and going like, oh, that's just being human. Yeah. You know, and that was healthy. Yeah. I see. But I couldn't tell my partners that. So when you talk about honesty, it's like also like maybe what I feel is okay instead of like, oh, they'll yeah. freak out. Oh my God. Yeah. But that's so, but again, that's, that's t- really tough because, and I've, I think maybe I've said this on the podcast before and I, and I never like anyone to feel like they have to out their parents specifically or, you know, sometimes I say, I feel like I'm telling my mom's story and that's not right. I should, you know, she should be able to tell her story or not, or have it not told at all. Mm -hmm. But I do think that without wanting to compromise my 
parents in any way. I do feel like I was raised by, a, you know, that, that there are, that there were voices in my life. Let me just say that, even though it's completely transparent what I'm saying, there were voices in my life saying it's okay to love more than one person. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, then you look all around you and when something there's that there is this sort of destructive element that people apply to that, that then, you know, gives you this sort of mixed message that it's not okay. And also, I would love to say that if I were in a in a deep, intense, intimate, beautiful relationship, that if someone said to me, "I'm crazy about this other person," mm-hmm. I can't. I got to tell you about that. I don't want to go anywhere, but like, I'm so fixated on this person right now. I've been raised in the same zeitgeist that we've been talking about, right? where I would go, "Oh no, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough, or I'm not." Yeah, you know that that there's just the sense that there would be this sense of of loss for me. Like, of, don't leave. Oh, I have to, and I'm an only child, so I'll probably on top oh. of that, I'd be like, I have to what share <laughs> you in any kind of emotional way? That somehow that would feel threatening. That people right. feel threatened. That there is this this sort of understanding that because we keep propagating this idea that it's one person at a time, that if someone has these profound feelings for someone else, that that then means there's less of that for you or that eventually that for you will disappear altogether and will be transferred onto that person or someone else. Right. Oh, man. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay, this is... Okay, this is my personal journey and it's been really interesting because... Like, oh, I feel all this shame and weird feelings about feelings and I don't want to hurt the person I'm with. And like, oh, and, you know. and then I get to a point where I go, I'm going to explore this. And then, and that was like two years ago. And I've kind of been making all my mistakes, all of the mistakes. And I'm finding myself in a really funny period now where you, you forgive yourself, right? And you're like, oh, let me just be who I am. I'm, I just love people. And, and then, you know, the poly community is like, woo, high five, we got you now. And like, you know, because they're great fun, good people. And as all people are, I'm non-judgmental. Um, but then I'm at a Oh, point- you're a people lover, as am I. I mean, that's um, very clear. I think that's yeah. one of the reasons that we're both just like, right now. All the synapses are firing. Remember when you were like, I hope we get along? Remember like five years ago, yet also 30 minutes. Right? Because that's part of this sort of natural bubbling enthusiasm and this belief that people should raise each other up more and this belief of sort of like looking for the best in people and wanting to celebrate that. Sometimes that means we get hurt more or differently because... I feel like I trust more than maybe I, I don't know, not that I should, but I do. It is what it is. There isn't a should or shouldn't, but I definitely will walk Mm -hmm. into something thinking this person is the best person in the world until, until, you know, it's like innocent until proven guilty. But then when the guilty part comes, I'm like, oh, that really hurts. I really thought you were like, and I'm speaking of friendships and relationships, you know, and not to say that I don't do that to other people unknowingly or knowingly. I'm sure I do Um, let somebody down, but talking about mentorship and, and Hollywood and just career stuff, like I find it really hard to be like trusting and kind of like a wide open, like childlike mind all the time. Right. And then also like having a career is really hard. Yes. It's really weird. 100% yes. Um, Please, how many times like someone like you and I would go walk out of a meeting and be like, I think I just sold a television show. <laughs> I'm not sure, but cut to you never hear from that person right, again. Totally. <laughs> totally like, are we best friends now? It's like, yeah. oh no, that was just a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about feelings. Um, uh, no, uh, 
No, okay. So this is the thing. It's like, you know how they say, they say, like when you're pushing down a sexual urge or any of your needs or wants are um, down real deep, it always comes out somewhere else. You know, and you always, Mm -hmm. it's sort of like you twist your insides just to be comfortable in an uncomfortable situation where you're fighting yourself. Now that I've spent so much time being myself and and, in dating and, and being really upfront with how I feel about people in general, I'm finding that my falling in love urges are totally diminished. Mm. Like I'm now relaxed in a place where I can just sort of kind of go, Oh yeah, I have, I have a crush on that person. Also, that means I should probably start pro wrestling, you know, because yeah. of that conversation, you know, like yeah. it, just, it just, I think, you know what? I feel like I'm, I, I parallel you in a lot of ways in that way also oh, yeah. that I think that there's, that well for me especially being like two years out of uh, a long-term relationship mm-hmm. um f- being in a space where like i really hadn't been single for like a total of like 13 years because one thing oh, just like snap. immediately bled into another for better or for worse and so to be in a place where you can you sort of feel like you have a different perspective like you really are lone wolfing it and you are sort of taking care of yourself and able to be objective and not feel beholden and not be scared or feel shame or da 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 and just sort of and that there there is that that takes away that sense of urgency a little bit and i also don't have the like oh my god i better have a baby tomorrow kind of feeling so i don't feel like i'm looking for the father of my child or like the woman that I want to, you know, make a baby with and be two moms with or whatever you happen to want or be. But I don't, I don't have that call inside of me. So there is this sort of opportunity to like really cherish the little nuggets and elements that kind of come out at you so that you don't, and and without feeling like, what does this mean? What is this, you know, Oh God, is this bad? Or is this the one or da, 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 da. I don't feel like those questions are coming up for me. Hmm. Um, in the same way, that was an amazing neck crack that I wish you guys would have heard. Hopefully it showed up on the mic. Ow. You all right? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. This is the moment where we have to stop and rush you to the hospital because you actually broke your neck. Wouldn't that be funny? No one. No. <laughs> would it make a great story after? Kind of, but not worth it. Um, um, I mean, let's not saint ourselves. Speak for yourself. I overanalyze constantly. Oh, please, so. I still do. Absolutely. I'm about it. Um, but I think the feeling, I think self-acceptance that's come from, and it's funny, you said 13 years, it was like 13 or 14 years of constant relationships, and then about two years you were, of, for so young. I mean, how do you have, so you had, a, you had a three-year relationship, like what, freshman, sophomore, junior, basically, or with that person for three years? Um, oh, actually, funny enough, I brought Did my you bring? high school yearbook. I'm so excited I graduated early, a year early from high school. Okay. So my relationship did last all of high school wow. in three years. Okay. And and a little bit of college. I mean, like, I had some dating in ninth grade. Uh, I was on the wrestling team. Lots of boys on the wrestling team. Wow. So it was a co-ed wrestling team. It was. Oh, my God. You want to see something? Yes. Okay, can we, uh, yes, I uh, do. Feel free to either put your microphone. Yeah, oh no, you okay. got everything. You got access to okay, everything you see, need. This is I good. Knee it, knee it. I'm going to have to do that when I bring out this later because it requires both hands. Oh. oh. Um. Okay. So this is the Santa Monica High School. Wait, oh. is that like the biggest yearbook I've ever seen? Um, we had I think almost five thousand kids at Holy our school. Holy sh! My high school yearbook is definitely half that, but probably less than half that amount of pages. Yeah, this is a pretty girthy um, wow. tome. Um. 
Tome, tomb, tome. Tom is definitely right. Okay. Uh, I'm, it's Unless you have something buried inside. <laughs> then it's a tomb. So this is my ninth grade varsity wrestling letter. Look at you. Uh, look, look, it's um, the little icon is, I said icon. Look at the this. little, the little, lo- yeah, but the, like the little uh, logo kind of identifying uh, figure is, is wrestling, but it also really works for like sex and relationships yeah. because there's something very intimate and sweet about like someone hugging the other person <laughs> yeah. from behind. Oh, you see it. You as see they it. kneel together. Layers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, varsity wrestling because 25 women I better take a picture of this. showed up. And wow. Even that's impressive. Like I'm just hard pressed to think of anyone in my high school, if any girl in my high school, and I could be totally wrong about this cause everyone knows I didn't know anything about the athletics happening in my school, but, um, I don't think that anybody even would have had the moxie to show up for a wrestling um before you get too impressed all right i'm pretty impressed might be too late there was a rumor in eighth grade the year before apparently that you could lose a lot of weight on the wrestling team so you had all these guys on the wrestling team and then you had 25 chicks i signed up because i wanted to kick some ass love it (laughs) and a lot of rage uh and i met my best friend yvette who's been on my show a couple times um she's hilarious and one other chick ishelle and we all Basically, within like a month or two, like all the women dropped out except for the three of us because we were like, yeah. We're in it to win it. Yeah. And this letter, literally, I didn't win a single wrestling match in my entire career. But somehow, when you only have three women, you get a varsity wrestling. It's fun that it's, it is your, and I, you probably didn't realize this, but your name starts with an S. <laughs> I hate to like be the first person to call that out. But how fun. Like I wouldn't have had a J. <laughs> Oh, that's true. What, what did your high school start with? R. 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 Mm. Nah. Nah. Worse, my, I, I mean, I went to two different high schools. Um, simultaneously, because they shared a campus. One was a college prep school and one was just a regular school. You guys know this already. But what you don't know is, is that we were the Rangers and the Penguins. <laughs> Penguins, definitely more charming. Neither one of them a strong incentive for me to be on a sports team. Also, neither that intimidating correct to the other team correct we were blood's thirsty vikings yep there you go yeah sam ohai but yeah oh i brought my yearbook not only is that a tome but they really worked the fact that it looks like it's an enormous <laughs> if you were like um this is a book that was used in the in the first uh, harry potter movie it totally like, looks, it like, looks that, like, right? like that like antique now i gotta take Viking. a picture of this okay and it says Sandra Dion. People used to sing to me uh, the from Greece, Greece song. of course they did. And it's I feel funny about that considering my career choice. It's true. Yeah, lousy with virginity, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. I know Greece. I played Sandy. <laughs> oh, but it would be Sandy in your world. <laughs> uh, actually, in the Filipino side of the family, sometimes they go Sandy. See, Sandy. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I am in the 11th and 12th grade year because they couldn't, the administration couldn't get it together and Great. could not figure out that I was a 12th grader when Great. I was, but yeah. Um, when you, we say you graduated early, so did you, um, take extra courses or did they just decide you were so smart you didn't need certain, like how'd that happen? Eight classes wow. in one semester. I so you wanted you you wanted to graduate early. I like you made the decision. School. Did you hate high school? Because I hated high school. I didn't I, love it. I didn't love it. It was the worst time. It was, yeah. It high school was. Every time I walked onto campus, it was like 
you got that a feeling hand around my throat just like ah. yeah um i don't know if it was i don't know if it was that for me it depended on the year or two mm-hmm. um i definitely couldn't i like enjoyed ditching class and i couldn't wait for it to be over and stuff oh we had tons of security guards it was very difficult to ditch class yeah yeah Okay, so you hated it. So you wanted to get out of there. Yeah. And so, you're like, is there a way to do that? Really Had w- someone else set that precedent for you, or did you just ask the right questions? Because it would never even occur to me to graduate early. Like, that just, I, in my mind, it's like, I'm there four years. You know, um, I was a huge rebel in terms of, like, I didn't want anyone telling me what to do ever. I mean, you know, oh, that's unique. Um, but my dad kept encouraging me to graduate early just because. By the time you're done with college, like, how are we in school till we're like 21? Like, that just seems weird. Um, but at the time, my dad was just like, yeah, I get a head start in college. And for me, it was, well, I, I do want to just get out of here. Mm-hmm. So eventually I came around and I did some research. And really, if you just load up on classes during the summer and take night classes and show up for the a.m. class, you can get out a year early. Oh, this actually has the amount of times you were tardy and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can I t- explain this to some people? Okay. Okay. Overall, I just want everyone to know what is what is this beat literature? Oh my like, god! You, the like the beat poets? Beat? Yes. Oh That's my awesome. god! Awesome. Mr. Sawaya was the best. Auto tech. I took auto. It was great. You're a badass. Intro to film. Love it. U.S. history. U.S. government. English. Floral design. <laughs> That was a very handy I'm class. So into this, they did not offer that commercial art. None of this was offered at my high school drawing this is a really interesting robust eight classes let's revisit beat literature auto tech intro to film one and two u.s history u.s government english floral design commercial art and drawing huh yeah love it i was learning a lot see i get out of there people always um give me a hard time about the nerd versus geek thing Mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. like i just love to learn and oh my God, can I just mention... Wait, what does that mean? Does that mean you were a geek or a nerd? Oh, I don't know. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. People say like, oh... I just sounded 70 years old. If it's a topical focus, like like sex or film or whatever... Oh, so it's one it's thing geeky. that you... Oh, I thought that was made you a nerd. That you were a nerd for something. Um, I've done extensive research into this. <laughs> she pushed no. up her invisible glasses just like I do sometimes, you guys. Um, well, I mean, just from my research... Uh, Geeks tends to be topic focused from what I've okay, been able right, to figure right. out. A nerd, the nerd just means thing, what? That you're It just overall. permeates everything. I see. And I've just been into, like, I wasn't into drugs. I wasn't, you know, I mean, were you, I, I wasn't like a bad kid. I was, I was just, a bad kid. You, oh, were you? Bad and good. Graduated oh. second in my class. Ooh. Did a lot of LSD. Ah, I haven't done that one yet. Oof, I don't know if you ever need to. Uh, at least once so I can understand for science. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Maybe I need to be there with you because <laughs> nobody's done more than me. Um, I want everyone to know, those of you who say that you let your daughters listen to this and that you're saving these episodes for your daughters in the future, no one is condoning the use of LSD. But no. no one is. But also no one is saying that you can't or won't ever do drugs because that's very unrealistic. And also choose your company wisely and make sure you have a caretaking person who stays sober. In case you do want to have a, I would agree with that. A walk on the wild side. Um, Look how attractive I was. Awkward. Look at how cute you were. Adorable. Um, I've seen worse. I've seen myself look worse (laughs) when I was that age. That was a lot of face, Janet. A lot of face. I don't know. That's a great smile. What's happening with the hair? I don't. What is that? The hair is a little bit boyish. The hair could be like, is that a boy or a girl? Nothing wrong with that. Um. I brought pictures of me because I went through photos because 
this is the thing that really bugs me. It's like, I don't know if you get this, but when you talk about... I was about, checking to see when you graduated. Oh, yeah. Uh, 2000 mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, do people... Like, I was a tomboy. And, you know, he's like, oh, I was a nerd tomboy. Like, even the nerds didn't think I was cool. Like, it was like that. And but you say no that... No one thought you were cool? I mean, like, I had friends. I mean, it's 5,000 people on a campus. Like, you find people to hang out don't with. Don't you wonder what other people would say? Like, that's... I, but I wonder about that, too. And someone was saying this on the podcast, guys. Those of you who listen to the podcast, you know... I can't remember where this was, but like the idea of who you who you think you were versus like a random sampling of people who had an awareness of you. What would they have said? Like, I'm so curious what people around me from different circles would have described me as. I know I'd like to think someone would describe me as a nerd or a a dork. No one would. Mm-hmm. everyone would be like oh she was she was goth or like she was into theater or like she was smart or she was funny or whatever that's true. but i wonder like that's how true. how much my own opinion of what i what was going on my own perspective how even right that is or if i'm just like like thank god no one facts checks this podcast because i probably said so many things that i think are true that other people would be mm-hmm. like that's absolutely categorically false okay good call <laughs> because these are labels now I'm giving myself after the fact at the time I was more just lost Mm. and like I had this I just loved things and I loved to learn stuff and I and also my parents were incredibly um protective so I just missed pop culture completely oh really yeah completely even like at school you wouldn't I it just didn't click like I don't know something I so just, when you say pop culture music, you, you weren't watching the television shows everyone was watching. Like you I weren't going to movies. To watch the you weren't. I wasn't. Right. Like I watched movies a little bit. Like I. What about music? Um, none of. Like I hung out with the the fun Catholic, uh, Catholic kids. I went. I hung out with um, the Christian kids. Uh huh. And so they were into like Christian ska music. Wow. But like I never got invited to concerts. None of my friends were into music. No one thought to talk to me about music or like I didn't have anyone that was like music. Right. And so I just like and as a kid, my parents only let me listen to classical and oldies. So I know okay. all the lyrics to all right. the 50s bebop. Right. You no, know, like that's it. The dirty dancing soundtrack for the rest of us who were also into other things. Oh, uh, please. Those are hardly deep cuts. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right so um no truly like there is a part in my brain that's just sort of missed a lot but how do you feel about music now and i'm always curious about i not to like nerd out on music but sometimes i do with certain people on the podcast but um it was so important to me as a teenager and continues to be so emotionally important yeah. to me that i'm wondering for you since you weren't as exposed to like what it feels like to be able to listen to the cure talking about staring at pictures of someone when you are obsessed and saddened and your heart is broken because you're in love with someone and they don't love you back or whatever that 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 feels like such a crucial part of exploring those emotions at that age i'm so interested in people who are like no i just listen to like musicals or (laughs) classical music or whatever i'm like how did you get that stuff out because that's how i felt about music was like i need that stuff to like understand and process myself like i would listen to the radio and but of course you couldn't like unless you called the radio station and were hold for a long time you wouldn't know who the band was and so i could kind of like i loved that song when it was popular but after it went away like i didn't know what band that was and i'd always forget okay. and there's i think my mom had a sip of wine right when i was forming the part of your brain that where you can understand lyrics <laughs> because i any music past like 1963 like i have no idea what they're saying yeah so like i can't like google 
Like Shazam, thank God for Shazam. I'm like, what are they yeah. saying? <laughs> you know, and I know it's about feelings. Ah, that's so, so funny. Um, but yeah, I'd listen to the radio and, uh, you know, boys to men. I felt things. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. <laughs> right? But in your case and mine with high school, it was easy to say goodbye to yesterday <laughs> and move on to tomorrow. Right. Um, so I wasn't a nerd necessarily but when i look back and i laugh at how like these girls i know like invited me to a basically i didn't know what D was but it was star trek role-playing tabletop role-playing and i had the best time in my entire life like at I doing that i love that and they never invited me back <laughs> oh, no, it was a wonder yeah and you were gonna be like and that's what i did every no, weekend for- like I just, like, I had such a hard time fitting in. I'm like one of those people who, like, kind of fit in enough in different groups, but I'm always sort of the outsider. Like, I kind of don't fit, but I, like, I, lo- I love. But I don't necessarily fit. Um, so I loved it, but, like, I laugh at the fact that they didn't invite me back. And I'd be like, so when are we playing? And like, oh, I don't know. Oh, no, like, they were too cool for you. Yeah. Even the Star Trek <laughs> people. But, you know, I did have a partner. Um, and we had, yeah, times. you certainly did. So, he, so, friends. so he, he or she, he was, he, uh, he yeah. was not, uh, at the school at the same time as you know, he was same age, same, same school, uh, same yeah, age. I mean, like, is he in here right now? Are, yeah. Okay. Like, so this is me in 11th grade. Yeah. And then we go over to the 12th grade section. <laughs> That's me. So funny that you're in both. And that makes me laugh. Yeah. Isn't it? It's like a weird, like in, in some movie that would be like a really intrinsic plot to like finding out that you're like a killer or something. It would be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh my God. There were two of you. This just proved that you were traveling in time. You were a time traveler. No, you were in both grades at once. Oh my Don't God. This people. is shocking and wonderful. Um, what's happening here? I'm flipping through. Uh, it's interesting to see what people, and I know this isn't fun for those of you who can't see, but I just, she just flipped past somebody who had, who actually had their, their cap and their graduating gown in their senior picture. And oh, I was right. like, it's an interesting choice. Like oh, what yeah, you decide to wear and kind of, I don't know. Anyway, your picture. No, yeah, no most people are just in like black tie affair. And this is my high school boyfriend. Okay. Adorable. Um, I was really a little bit of a, dev- a devil beard. Oh yeah, the devil goatee. Yeah, the goatee. Yeah, I've always, I've always had a thing for facial hair. I do like certain, but do you feel that? So you're fine with the facial hair all the way up to and through the kissing? Because sometimes, like the best looking beard in the world, ends up being like the worst on your face. Okay, so just like the downstairs hair, mm-hmm. when it comes to like trimming, there is the too short where it just hurts. Yeah, because they're like basically bristles sticking straight out. Like Gentlemen, sandpaper. do not do this to your lady. Especially when you're just starting to date someone and you know, like it's make out You're city. macking it and it's a slobber and the slobber and the chafing is just so severe. Yeah, the next day when you're just pink all raw, over, you're like, what? Raw, Why? raw meat. Why? Yeah. Um, and then there's the too far where it's three-dimensional and it's like coming to get you. You know? <laughs> It's just, it's got to be somewhere in there, like, really. Yeah, yeah. You got to just chill it out. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, so it takes a back seat to the action. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's how I feel. It, it's a it's a beautiful thing. I don't disagree with what you're saying. I, um, I had this amazing short love affair with this guy last year. We met at a party, and we were, like, like the two biggest dorks there, you know, just, like, being extra dorky. Um, but anyway, and we were... And oh yeah, I was on a mission because I realized that my entire life of the mating dance in public, I never looked guys in the eye because I I'd immediately mm. like I have like a dog, <laughs> like dogs. It's a sign of aggression. Um. So I last year I finally 
like overcame the urge to never look men in the eye at bars, at parties. Um, Cause like I always had like friends, like I always dated friends. So it's not like I had to really like go out and seek out partners, but I was like, why don't guys hit on me? And I was like, oh, it's because I look like the biggest bitch who doesn't want to talk to anyone ever. So I was at a party. Let's do some role playing. We're not on camera, but it's okay. So that's you not looking at me. No. Well, okay. If we're like, if I'm like where there's dancing yeah. and people are drinking and I know, and you know, when like people are on the prowl, like everyone's yes. looking, like, that's people yeah. being social. Yeah. I am so, it feels like National Geographic and everyone's checking each other out. I can't function okay. because I know what's happening for everyone and so it's almost like i'm romantically autistic you know like mm-hmm. i'll have to i can yeah, just look down it's a great way of putting it so it's just and, but then i i grew up dancing like i was actually i think i have pictures of me anyway it doesn't matter um but yeah i just look down um and kind of but i'll dance so like i'll have this like really confident yeah dance great dancer but not not allowing anyone in to that yeah. experience yeah but now now well now you can look at me the way you look at someone so else. that adorable little dance dorky dancey and it, it came from me looking at him in the eye for just a moment you yeah know, it came over to me i was like oh man oh, yeah. i'm scared it works and i remember feeling his beard like on the dance floor and being like good job I, wait a minute you felt his beard on the dance floor yeah, were you, you like know, you like, worked it into a dance move where you like <laughs> reached out and like woo, gave it a little stroke just to kind of t- test it i get sensual it's pretty intimate to be like just meeting someone and already touching their facial hair I not to know. say i wouldn't i wouldn't i'm not above it but okay i, I don't know what to do with my hands because you know like, do i power fit <laughs> so like you i'll put my hand like i'll kind of i'll either t- I don't know, touch my own body while it's happening, but then that looks really strippery. Yeah. Or like I'll touch their shoulders. And then at some point you just, yeah, you just. Interesting. Like it's affectionate. I like, it. I mean, it's I'm playful. very interested in, I, I will quickly say, and this will come as no surprise to anyone, but I've, I don't know that I've ever outed myself. Ma, I really love dancing, but for me dancing, it's not because I'm self-conscious necessarily. Cause I don't think I'm a bad dancer. I mean, I took like, I took like actual dance and I sort of have always enjoyed dancing, but, um, but I, I love dancing, but like, I really love dorky dancing. I love dancing poorly on purpose because it makes me laugh. So it's my two favorite things is laughing and mm-hmm. dancing happening at the same time. <laughs> Wait a minute. Back up. I, dancing is not one of my favorite things. Laughing is maybe my favorite thing. So if you incorporate laughing into anything, it's probably going to be improved upon for me and my experience. So I love like anybody who's willing to dance with me where we can create like a scenario where you sort of start out with joke of like lassoing someone, but then it turns into like a lot of things you're acting out like it becomes charades like you're going (laughs) like maybe you're baking cookies and you found a way to turn that into a dance move again anyone who listens to this podcast on a regular basis will be like that comes as no surprise but i love fake like coming up with fake dance moves that really are just an activity anything like that where i'm dancing and i'm laughing at the same time Mm -hmm. is like the best feeling so i love being a dork i'm never gonna like pick up somebody in this in any kind of and go have sex with them in that context not to say that that's a priority for me First of all, that party, like, dorky dancing situation turned into, because I was on a mission. Like, my friends and all the girls that I went with, like, were, like, on board. They're like, oh, we're going to do it, too. We're going to practice. And so we were all trying. And my goal of that evening was to be asked for my number, because no one ever asked for my number. They don't look at anybody. And he asked me on a date. He wanted to take me out to dinner. Love it. So it was like, I, I, oh, I felt beardy. like I won something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But dorky dancing what about the moment when the dorky dancing turns kind of sexy like oh i'm actually this is actually kind of i'm 
this is fun in a way where I feel things. Does it ever? Has it? I guess it does or would in the sense that like if I'm if I were doing it with someone that I was attracted to, I probably was attracted to them because they made me laugh anyway. So in that way, it is very flirtatious. Mm-hmm. Like it is flirtatious if it's if if there's somebody who's willing to participate in that ridiculous behavior with me and we're laughing together and I'm attracted to them, mm-hmm. then I guess it could evolve into something, but like, I don't know that it ever, if the dancing itself for me would ever turn provocative. Oh. I don't think it ever would be like, I'm, I'm pretending like we're now, we're now we're doing all the things like we're pretending to jump rope, pretending to throw a football, pretending to hula hoop. Wait, the hula hooping is <laughs> now I'm hula hooping right near you. Oh, now right, my butt is rubbing hoop. up against you. Yeah. There's like, I don't think that that's ever happened to me. Oh. By the way, I've probably been dancing like three times in the last five years. Oh. It's not like I'm doing this every weekend. And we're exploring that. <laughs> yeah. I feel committed. Like this needs to be a field trip now. I would love to do that with you. Uh-huh. I will totally. But that's the problem is like even the dance, the places I've gone and danced are like cool up in June from like the UCB community, like girlfriends of mine who've done the podcast who are awesome dancers who have taken like S factor classes and stuff oh. like that. But, but you're still in a room full of comedians. So it's mm. still safe. Like if I went to like a club and did what I just described, I'd be very interested to see who responded. But maybe that's how a good way to like, speaking of mating in public or like the sort of National Geographic of all, like I would only attract someone that I would be interested in because no one right. that I wouldn't be attracted to would be attracted <laughs> to me. They would be like, that's a freak. She's an idiot. <laughs> True. She needs to be somewhere else. When they- and also, why isn't she wearing a tiny tube skirt and really high heels like every other woman here? Oh, so difficult. It's True. But you know that that's a special person when they're like, I, I want to pick up what that girl's thrown down. Yeah. You know that that's a special I moment. totally want to act like I'm picking vegetables out of a garden with her on the dance floor. <laughs> oh, that's, that, that to me is just the makings of a great romantic comedy moment. I don't disagree with you. But if done improperly, it's also the makings of a romantic comedy moment where people are like, Ugh, no one would ever do that. Like, can Cameron Diaz trip over one more thing in this movie and be still be adorable? See, but that I think is the point of view of the movie. And I, I like when things change instead of the olden days where like we're going to judge that that person's dumb and socially inept and be like, no, they're awesome. But not that many people get it except yeah. for that person. And yeah. then love ensues. The end. Happy. That's no. true. That's true. That's a really good. That's the point of that structure. I think you're mm-hmm. right that it creates that sort of like exactly what we just said about being on the dance floor yeah. and like finding someone that you have a, a connection with that stretches beyond physical like yeah. yes i'm just so into authenticity you know like laugh with me guys not at me agreed uh, i couldn't agree more authenticity the, i've said this on the podcast before i'm sure and by the way if there's one thing i've said on the podcast before it's the term i've said this on the podcast before <laughs> i say that every single episode but jesse thorne um had this button that he came out with god from you know who jesse is from maximum fun and like sound of young america oh, now called i know uh, of this person yeah so um he he came out with this little pin years and years ago like 10 years ago and it's this beautiful little illustration of just the top halves like the heads and the arms of two kittens and the two kittens are hugging each other and then underneath it it says the new sincerity and his whole point was like sometimes two kittens hugging are really cute it's not ironic it's not like a 70s trapper keeper that you only have because isn't it funny that this was something someone cared about and that's sort of like the pre that predates like the icon has cheeseburger sort of mm-hmm. thing too where everyone's like yeah. the internet is embracing all the cuteness in the world i feel like he really uh he really 
like figured that out in advance of everyone else in the comedy world because mm-hmm. at the time everything was only ironic and snarky. And so I liked that he was like, no, sometimes you just like it because you like it. And I'm a big proponent of that as much as I like being snarky. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big proponent of like, well, please, my disclaimer on the Nerdist thing says warning this podcast contains sincerity because I felt like I needed to warn everyone that it's not going to be a snarky podcast even though it's on the Nerdist Network. Right. Oh my God. I got so many. Not to say yours is. Huh? Not to say that yours is snarky. Oh, definitely not. No, I, um, I get... (laughs) You know, it's like how you try and please everyone, but no one gets pleased. Mm-hmm. I would say that doing my podcast, one, people are either mad that there's not enough educational content in an episode or are mad that there's not enough comedic uh, content in an episode. And when it comes to like, you know, like, oh, we're going to try and be funny. It's like, well, like we're having a good time, but this is also about really digging. Deep. Sure. Um, into sex and love and relationships. Uh, it's just it's just funny because it's like people like I'm expecting, yeah, you know, snark. Right. Like, I want to laugh and in a way where we're like, and it's like no, no. Also feelings. Yeah. Uh, feelings. And then people who are like feelings. Uh, they're like, yeah. why did you laugh at that thing? It's like because I'm also trying to be lighthearted, and right? Have a good time and right. accept my humanity. As should you. Interesting. You've got to get plenty of people who think it's just right. The Goldilocks is out there who have found that your porridge is the best, <laughs> and that yeah. it's neither too hot nor too cold. They're up in my porridge. <laughs> yeah, they're all up in your porridge. You know what I'm talking about, girl. Eat it up. Yum, yum. Uh, <laughs> but it's just funny. Oh. Uh, I think we're at the point where I could go on forever, but we are at one thirteen, and I still need to do <gasps> these games. Oh, no. So here's what's going to happen now. Well, first of all, I can continue to talk to you about your teenagerhood. If there are things that we haven't touched upon, I'm very excited about many of the things that we did talk about. Um, I, I, I smell a please have Sandra back on the podcast series oh. of requests from people. I'd be delighted to do so and have a follow-up episode. As well, I see a lot of pictures that I'm going to want to Disneyland. Oh, I um, um I found bad haircuts throughout the ages. Oh, this is going to be great. Um, this is going to be it's going to be hard to pick which ones of these to put on the Facebook yeah, page and so f- forth. Uh, wait. Oh, yeah, there were stories. Oh, yeah, we didn't get into a million things, but oh, um, oh yeah, yeah, awkward yeah. short haircut. I look like a boy. You know, it's just so cute though. Still, all the all the uh, sexual tension at my twelfth grade. Uh, twelfth. Tw- oh, birthday party i was gonna say that's there's no way that yeah, you're no, in 12, grade. 12 years old what's the sexual tension at your 12 year old birthday party it's just funny to remember a time in your life when at the moment you're like oh my god the boys at my party like oh oh my god i like them and i'm crushing out and like oh do they like me too and like you look at the pictures you're like i am an infant <laughs> like how is this possible but it was real it was so real it was just as real then i know same. When I look at pictures of like remembering the feelings that I had, like slow dancing with someone at their bar mitzvah and being like, this is the most intense ache I've ever had, good or bad. Like, oh, the bar mitzvah bless. crushes. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big time. Some of them lasted. Some of them lasted. Um, some of them came to fruition later in life. Um, okay. Let's do uh, this. This will actually get us a couple more teenage era questions out of you. Okay. Answers, I should say. Um so let me have you pick a color. Green. G R E E N number six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Another number. Two. One, two. One last number. Five. Five. Okay. Five is describe your most. Reg- we were just talking about bad hairstyles. Describe your most re- regrettable fashion choice as a teenager. Oh. Fashion. 
That could mean clothes. Could mean hair. Could mean accessories. Oh my god! Pre- like just, I hate to say preparing, but just looking through all the pictures and realizing what a tomboy I was. Like, like I knew I was a tomboy, but I think looking at like how boyish my clothing was. Um. Oh my god! Like I can't choose. Like all ev. Mm. <laughs> Here's something that here I'm going to bring up something. Okay. In my in my day, and I'm older than you are, but in my day, I we did a lot of cutting the col- the collars out of t-shirts, a lot of col- cutting mm. the collars out. So I have a lot of pictures of me with like if it's a regular t-shirt. I guess they hadn't figured out like there was no American Apparel, etc. So you would get these t-shirts that were like really stiff, like a concert t-shirt or something, and yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. it felt like you're being choked. So there was a lot of people like cutting out collars, and you don't see that as much now. But that I- like sort of wasn't really falling off your shoulder really it was just sort of like a weird and then it would like age weird when you washed it because it was not hemmed anymore it wasn't the good kind of like they didn't know how to cut it was a flash dance yeah okay but it was like so that's an example for me that popped into my head when i thought about like specific fashion choices i have a moment in my life i know what it is i was a chubby kid and uh, when I hit puberty, like, I definitely like, it melted a bit. Not a lot, but a bit. <laughs> but in fifth grade, so I was like 10, so it was just right at the budding uh, point. I was, I had just went from Catholic school to like mid-year. I actually went from Catholic school to public school. Like I transitioned. And I didn't know how to dress myself because I was always in uniforms. So no music knowledge, nothing. Uh, no fashion knowledge, nothing. And uh, leggings were really in, so I was wearing black leggings and then midriff t-shirts were really in so it's like like a wide set yeah, yeah. white t-shirt like short sleeve t-shirt and like a watch across just like a giant rolex watch across <laughs> but like i think some belly was showing and then t- so like 10 year old body chubby as fuck leggings midriff showing <laughs> That's Nothing. a really good answer. It's it's wrong. It's a really good answer. Why did my parents allow that? <laughs> I think that too with a lot of, I mean, yeah, a lot of things where I'm like, I recognize that that was a style of the time, but that doesn't make, mean that any of us should have been wearing it for like what our body types were or whatever. But at the same time, we also want to go, well, listen, if somebody who has the quote unquote inappropriate body type feels like a million bucks wearing something that everyone else says, I don't think that looks good. Great, wear it. Who cares? Yeah, but a lot of us were wearing things and not feeling great about how we looked. I had no concept. Let's do another one. I like where we're going with this. Pink. P I N K. You handled that pressure very well. One. Eight. One, two, three, four. Oh no, she was eruption. One, two, three, four, (laughs) five, six, seven, eight. Six. What if you picked five again? You've forgotten already. (laughs) How old were you when you had your first kiss? Oh, I'm man. going with because I've I've this question has come up before, not necessarily in um, fortune teller slash cootie catcher form, but in life uh, on the podcast. It could be your first kiss, like your first real kiss from when you were like pretty young, or your first like French kiss, like super super sexy kiss, or both. Oh no, I remember my first kiss, and I didn't realize it was my first kiss at the time because I didn't even. It was amazing. It was, I was in seventh grade, I think the summer after seventh grade, so I was 12, and this guy had invited me, another chick, and another guy over to his house, and he just moved away, so it was kind of like the, let's keep in contact, guys, and I had a huge crush on both the boys, and I thought they both liked the other girl, 
And we just, I don't know why our parents let us just run rampant through this house with no parents around. And we were just like playing truth or dare. What a great feeling though. Yeah, it was, it was free. And somehow I ended up cuddling with the boy on the, one of the boys on the couch. He was redheaded. His name's Christopher Crenshaw. He's redheaded. He had a dog named Arizona. If you know where he is, please let me know because I cannot find him anywhere. These are the opportunities right (laughs) here. I'll go further and say that I seriously miss my old boss from Pottery Barn from when I was 20. Her name is (gasps) Hillary Carroll. Can't find her either, guys. If anyone knows a Hillary Carroll living in San Francisco, she may have gotten married. I can't believe I just did that. Please continue. Uh, Also, Jim from Grass. (laughs) (laughs) This turns into a misconnections podcast. Or also, there was a guy that I saw at the coffee shop down on the corner. He was holding a newspaper. Um, Okay, Um, Christopher Crenshaw. Crenshaw. Total redhead. Um, So I just I remember looking. Well, you just asked what age? (laughs) Twelve. But I remember looking at him and him looking at me. And it wasn't like there was no pre-communication. I had no sense that he liked me. And we just kissed. And it was... That's wonderful. And it was slightly open mouth, not a lot of tongue at all. It was just soft. And we just sort of pulled back, went back to cuddling. We were talking with people and like never spoken of again. I love it. That's like a wonder years moment. Yeah, it was... It's a great moment in time. What yeah. a great snapshot yeah, totally moment. sober, too. Great. We were 12. Well, you know, some 12-year-olds. That's true. So that's true. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get into some mash. Now, I always try. I do try to do mash, uh, mash questions and categories that I think that the guest like, specifically might be interested in. First, I'm going to write in Sandra. I'm hitting her right now. I'm just smashing her a little bit. With excitement. Because I, I haven't assume. played mash since Girl Scouts. Well... But I was a Girl Scout for 13 years. Oh, someone else was that I just talked to. <gasps> Ooh, we should be friends. Casey Wilson. I'll have to. Have to She's on her. Happy Endings. Um, interesting. Well, get ready because... Memories. I don't actually remember how to play very well. Uh, I'm going to start out... Well, I'm going to start out with... I like to make up categories. You'll give me three of okay. each thing. And okay. then we'll do a process of elimination by numbers. And like you'll end up with one of each of the categories. Okay. So my first question is going to be... Um, wow, this is rough. Uh, I mean, we have like all the basics, like where, what, where, I mean, we'll start with a basic. Um, give me three fantasy locations that you have that you live, like could be Paris, could be. Mm. Oh, okay. I should be more prepared for this. I listened okay, to the no, episode. Nope, okay. It's all off the top of your head. It's even better. Um, Everyone remembers that Padgett took a really long time to come up with stuff and at one point called Jason Schwartzman Adam Schwartzman. It's one of my favorite <laughs> right. moments, one of my favorite all-time moments on the JV Club. Uh, okay. Wait for it. Wait for it. Um, Tahiti. Great. Um, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Mm, I don't think anyone said Santa Fe up to this point, but I love Santa Fe. Great choice. I have a long history with New Mexico. Interesting. Yeah. How's oh, yeah. that? Um, I, my, uh, one of my closest family friends was kind of like a mentor to me and she had an earth ship made out of recycled tires and hay and adobe, uh, running off solar power and like all the magical earth friendly things in the middle of nowhere, just South of Taos, New Mexico. Wow. Yeah. I'm um, pointing at the Santa Fe poster. Oh, behind. cool. Yeah. And she'd pick me up at Lamy station near, um, Santa Fe. I'd ride the train every summer. That's very cool. Uh, I learned a lot about myself then. I love Santa Fe. That's a good place to learn about yourself. Uh, Okay, one more. Uh, Salzburg, uh, Austria. 
Oh, I think you've picked three things no one's ever, no one ever has ever picked before. I'm going to start using words that make sense. Just a <laughs> second, just give me some time. Um, okay, what about uh, three? This is tough. I'm so interested. I'm so fascinated by all the relationships we talked about that I, I'm, I'm, I'm like wanting to come up with interesting categories that don't necessarily make sense for what MASH usually is. What about three? What about three careers? Three careers that are not anything close to what you do now. Whether or not you know, it's like the fantasy version, so it's not like the hard, you know. Okay. Mm. Ooh. I would say folk rock star. Love it. Um, oh, God, all the things. I would say stunt woman. Oh, that's cool. That wrestler's coming out to play right uh, now. I have read three pro wrestlers. I can't talk. Three pro wrestlers separately in the last, like, three months. Interesting. And we talk about, like, just, like, I'm incredibly, like, I'm like a feisty puppy a lot so it just seems like oh why why did that not happen Can why I tell am you something? i not a, huh i have a friend who's about to become a female professional professional wrestler i'll get i gotta tell you about it offline because it's top secret it's very exciting um okay stunt woman okay i mean oh i love travel travel is one of my deepest deepest things i don't want to be like a travel i get ooh. Mm. wait for it mm-hmm. it's mm. I would, mm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's not, <sighs> by all means, make up a job too. Fine with me. Adventure travel show host. Great. In exactly the way you want to do it. Okay. With, n- with nothing about it. Okay. All okay, right. You know what? Screw that. Stupid oh, yeah. Woman? Yeah, yeah. Uh, action star. Great. Does my own stunts. Great. Hello. Great. Kick that's a, that's a great empowered also totally okay if you just want to be a stunt woman but i love that you want to be the action star who does your own stunts it's fantastic <laughs> um okay what about three that i'm i'm bouncing off of this idea of the traveling and the uh the action star what about three modes of transport that are unconventional that you get to do like you only travel by hot air balloon or um burning man art car magic carpet Art car, magic carpet. Yeah, because then you have a steering wheel, and then it's it's a per- and it's slightly wavy, and, not, and all your friends can jump on. It's easy. It's really Fantastic. nice. Fantastic. Um, Triceratops. Great. And ooh, wait. Okay. Yeah, you got to have some sort of giant animal that you can ride around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Flying Triceratops. Great. Uh, and this is fun, but you see, like, this is. This is the best. Mm-hmm. I'm having a lot of fun. Yay, me too. Uh, also, my sugar, blood sugar is low in a way where I'm like, am I making any sense? You're making a lot okay. of sense in okay. just the right way. Um, oh, this is really hard. I feel like... I mean, I just want to fly. Mm-hmm. Totally so, fine, yeah. It's really about the mechanism of which in which I can fly. Or you just have magic powers and you can fly by yourself in the air. I want wings, small okay. wings, so they travel and tuck in easily. Great. Uh, wings. Small yeah. wings. Small wings. Perfect. All right, good. Perfect. Um, okay, Triceratops reminded me of uh, you can visit three different places in time. Oh. Which three? Okay. Can I go into the future? 
Sure. Of course I can. This is MASH. You can do anything. I'd like you to get more specific, era-wise. Yes, you can go into the future, but how far do you want to go? Do I get to come back? Yes, yes, yes. This oh, is a visit. Okay. visit. Okay. Yeah, so it's not is... permanent. Okay. All right. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting so tense. Okay. You know? <laughs> I think that that's a side effect of math. It's the, you have to take the bad with the good. Um, I want to travel to 200 years from now. Okay. Los Angeles. Great. You know, just so you, know, you want some control. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like the same place just to see. Okay. Um, I would, I mean, mm. how long do I get to stay? Long as you want. Short as you want, long as you want. Maybe you only want to see the dinosaurs for five minutes, but you want to see them. Maybe you don't want to see them at all. Maybe you want to go be in the 1920s for a year, or you can decide when you get there. It's true. It's very midnight in Paris. Yeah. I kind of want to do the summer of love. Like Woodstock, mm, great. love. Absolutely. I want to see what the culture was like. I agree with that. I think I would probably pick that too. And I didn't realize I would until you just said that. And then I want to hang out with Jesus. Great. I really want to like get in there, figure it out, <laughs> understand what was really going down. I think know? that's a great, that's a great use of it. And I just put Jesus times. <laughs> um, not on my camera time. Uh, okay. Um, how about um, something that you love eating so much that you could go you have a tree of it in your backyard whether or not it's actual fruit it might be that like pizza grows on a tree and you can just go pick a piece of pizza whenever you want it but there's something about it's like this we've never i've never said this before but it's like it's like as if (laughs) twinkies were organic like somehow the fact that it's on a tree means that it's all good for you and it came from the earth but it might be a twinkie it might be something that in our universe isn't normally something that would be healthy so not only is it abundant in my backyard it's also good for me Uh uh-huh yes oh my god (laughs) (laughs) okay Hazelnut chocolate, the Ferrero, <laughs> those, for, those, um, I put this, like, cause I have an Amazon wish list. If, mm-hmm. if listeners want to be like, Hey, here's some chocolate. Oh my God. That's genius. Why don't I have an Amazon wish list? <laughs> I had all these people in my life being like, why don't you have one of those? And then I'm like, only porn stars have that. And they're like, it, it feels matter. so self-indulgent. It's, um, I have a hard time receiving. I, I give a lot, but I have a, and so for me, it was also just an act of being open to receive love from other people. So oh, it, that's it's great. It's actually really difficult to have one, but at the same time, joyful yeah. um but yeah the gold foil wrapped ferrero chocolate mm. hazelnut ball balls and that'd be fun too because it would probably make a sound like pluck yeah it's a great that's perfect because you actually mm. the shape of it does seem like you pluck it right off the tree great yeah. um, and harvest a basket of them <laughs> in season 24 7 um okay in santa monica there is a mexican restaurant called gilbert's el indio it's very important that you know of this place i don't know that i do it's freakishly delicious it's family-owned and operated, cash-only, tasty, great booths, fun, whatever. It's amazing. They have a burrito called the uh, Super Mule. Mm. And I would like the chicken Super Mule um, Love it. burrito tree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's your last one? And... Oh. Oh my god! I love that they're so disparate from one another too. That's great. It's not just like three types of chocolate. It's like, all right, you got a fucking burrito. This is important. Oh, oh my god. Okay, this is so important. Now this is important. 
much. <laughs> I get it. I'm, I know it is. Okay. I know it is. So, so, okay, when I was traveling through Europe, as you do, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm a horrible person saying uh, it like that. Um, I had a stopover in Belgium. Uh-huh. Brussels. And there is, okay, we all are familiar with the fluffy, I think, bland Belgium waffle. Uh-huh. There is another waffle called the Liège waffle that is an incredibly dense waffle with crystals of, of sugar in it that oh caramelize. My. And I have not, okay, I found one truck in San Francisco recently that claimed to have Liège waffles uh-huh. and their batter was fluffy. It's not the same. Oh. So if I could get a Belgian liege waffle like authentic okay tree implanted in my backyard that would be wonderful okay the one thing i will say about this is that what you just reminded me of is i think i can't remember who it was i can't oh you know what it's um kristen rutherford she was talking about the packaged waffle i know it's not the same but the packaged european waffle cookie that has caramel in it that if you open it up i can't remember what's called like stroopin something and you put it on top of a coffee or a tea so that it like gets hot and the caramel kind of melts it almost sounds like you should maybe try this not to replace the liege waffles you can't seem to find but perhaps someone who enjoys what you described might also enjoy this slightly similar cousin we gotta get Get that on the Amazon uh, wish list. I need to try this. Yeah. I am a big fan of flavors. Well, I just described waffles and caramel. And you had <laughs> said waffles and something caramelized. So mm. I felt like maybe that was the way to go. Okay. Yeah. That was really good. Um, now you can... I don't really want... It's hard for me to go down Superpower Road because we've already got small wings on here and some time traveling. Can I tell you the best... Okay. Speed dating is awful generally i've never like done that. it but it doesn't seem appealing but for research i did a bunch of them recently mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, like, well like last year and <laughs> last year-ish i would ask people you know deep things random things magical things and superpowers was one of them and this one guy said healing the power of healing yeah i've had a couple of people say that on the podcast really i've never heard that one i know i feel like such a jerk because i don't <laughs> know that i would come up with that on my own i think i do very self-serving powers yeah so right i know <sighs> i'm not gonna ask you about healing um what about three oh my god three partners three three crushes three people oh, that man. you end one of which you end up with for a long or for a period of time totally up to you celebrities preferably so that it's okay. something fun that other people can be like oh she likes so-and-so um do they have to be alive no okay. not at all any age any era okay oh god i'm gonna sound so creepy well first of all i've never had a i've always had a hard time with crushing on celebrities mm-hmm. it's just always felt weird mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. um because I, I love like connection and personalities and deep but if right. i had to um it could also be like characters like if you're like i i'm not really saying like i'm not saying oh right but like crystal when harry met sally no one's ever said that but like i'm not i'm <laughs> saying i'm saying this character right, you know right, right. so it's, it feels less like you're crushing on someone you don't know like the movies give you the opportunity to know a character and so maybe it could be that i know i'm going to I'm just realizing, like, you are facilitating such fun for me. I hope you're having fun. Uh, This is my favorite part of the podcast. Um, Of your podcast. Everything else has been bullshit. I've hated every moment (laughs) of it until MASH. Ugh. Okay. I know I'm going to remember people tomorrow that I didn't say. I know. It's a classic side effect also of MASH. But I would say uh, Jimmy Stewart. Great. 
What uh, what era? You're like at his oldest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're adorable. You're, so mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're um, adorable. Mr. Smith. This is, okay. I, because I will probably meet this person at some point and I will feel really creepy, but I can't not because I've admired her for so long. Yep. But Janine Garofalo. Great. Like oh, if we she, could facilitate that conversation ASAP. I got to get her on the podcast anyway. Like, I just feel like if we were both lesbians, we'd have a really good time being partners, you know, like good laughs. I could see, I can actually see that uh, knowing both of you now. Um, Um, That's great. It's a great one. And, oh dear. Oh man. Last, I was going to say, but not least, but possibly least. Last but least. Could be. Could be someone you're less excited about. Could be someone you're really excited about. I don't really have crushes on people who are famous. Oh, what about a movie that you love that you like watched a million times with a character in it? That you're like, oh, or like the perfect guy in the perfect movie. We were like, why can't all guys be like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, know. I, don't, I don't like this game anymore. It's hard. It's Wait. very, it's a, there's a lot of ups and downs. It's a wild ride. <laughs> it's a real roller coaster. And I feel like there's shame. Like there's people that I'm blocking out because I have yeah. shame for how much like I want to. Totally. Let me, get, let me tell you how far out, out there I'm willing to go right now. I'm willing to go as far out there with, have you seen who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. I'm willing to say that if you wanted to end up with a tiny, adorable, defenseless shoe that ends up getting dipped in a dip and no. dies just so you could save its life, I would put that on here. <laughs> That's how far out of the normal realm I'm willing to go right now. And I do not know what made me think of that. But my God, that poor shoe never hurt anyone. And he just uses the shoe as an example to show that the dip works. It just breaks my heart. I would cry. I cried. People can be awful. I saw that. People can Turns be so out, awful. Especially cartoon killers. Um, all right. I guess I will say, you know, that YouTube video with the, <laughs> the dog who's like, yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. I totally the talking dog. <laughs> it's oh, feels fiercely appropriate. It feels really, really appropriate. Okay. I have two more. I'm going to try to go faster than I've been going with the okay. other ones. Um, uh, if you, had invented something three things you wish you had invented and can take credit for like yeah i'm responsible for that (laughs) like high speed train yeah i invented that or like van gogh's the sunflowers actually i painted that oh god i feel like it would have to be something that people were so like nobody knows who invented the post-it you know but I guess every time I saw a post-it, I'd like feel really validated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great. You know? That's one. Like the post-it. Great. Um, something really helpful. Like really helpful. Does it have to be invented yet? No. The cure for cancer. Great. Let's get it. Let's get on that. Right now. Great. And... Uh, it's hard to top cure for cancer, but it could be right. something fun and magical. I just feel like we should get that one out of the way. Yep. Nope. You know? It's good. Really, it's like, good. And shoes. Great. Someone had to. Didn't Patchett say she wished she invented the sandwich? It was really smart. <laughs> also, very good answers. Very good, good answers all around. Um, okay, and then... Uh, hmm? Oh, sorry. I was like, Padwitch? I don't know. Pad- the Padwitch. Mm. like it. I'd eat a Padwitch. I wonder what ingredients would be in a Padwitch. 
What, would, what, what ingredients would be in your sandwich? This is a separate conversation. It would be saucy. Oh, have you ever been to the Santa Monica Bay sandwich place? No. On Lincoln Boulevard? Do it's, they have gluten-free bread? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. However, all of the ingredients are delicious, and you could put it on your own bread, and it'd Great. probably still be a party. Then maybe mouth. I should. Um, all the sauces. Like, I love pickled thing, like mustard and the yeah, pickles. Yeah, I love mustard. And then, I've got a cilantro jalapeno mustard that I have to order that they, my grocery store stops carrying, and I order from Amazon now what? six jars at a time. Did you know that you can have a like subscription to a product, and they'll just deliver it every six months or however long? I may have known that, but have never taken advantage of it. I just thought that was pretty neat. It is super neat. Guys, I've got it. Okay, this is a really long podcast. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. okay. Everyone loves when they're long. Um, uh, My sandwich would be uh, flavors. Lots of flavors. Oh, yeah. All the peppered turkey and... Mm -hmm. just. uh, This is not even mashed, so that was just a holy holy supper conversation. Yeah. The vinegar. Yeah. A little bit of the oil, but the vinegar. Um, Oh, I know what I want to ask. I do want to ask pet question. I want to ask pet question. It could be uh, a qualosaurus kind of uh, a qualosaurus sort of a... um, made up invention of an animal it could be a, a fictional mystical animal it could be just a real life animal but three animals that you would have as a pet um the tiger that um john c Riley plays in cedar rapids great that moment that one genius um, of all the puppies and dogs, like all the dogs in the world, you know, and you know how every breed, whatever the breed is that is the most loving and has the sweetest, eye, like that dog. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just want like an animal that's just going to just love on me and, and, but really smart, the smartest loving dog, that dog. The smartest loving dog. They can help me solve crimes. Oh, I love that you're writing that this, down. I will never be able to read what this says ever. So hopefully you'll remember that you said <laughs> okay. that. And then last one. Um, one of those eagle type birds that you can wear a glove and it'll sit on you, but then you like you send it out to hunt or like see what the enemy is like doing. A, like a, like a lady hawk. I'm saying lady hawk because I love the movie <laughs> lady hawk. I don't think they're called lady hawks like a falcon. Yeah. Like a falcon, but we have a psychic connection clearly psychic falcon. Yeah. You know what I was thinking of when you just said that was the other day when I was riding my bike, a ladybug landed on me and I just thought to myself, like, it'd be so awesome if like ladybugs were really smart and I had like a special ladybug that was like very smart and cute and adorable and could never be crushed because that's what my biggest fear would be. Right. But if you just had like a little ladybug sitting on your shoulder with you all the time or just like hanging out with you, mm-hmm. it's so small. Like no one would ever really know or care or notice. Nothing bad could happen to it. Too many bad things can happen to ladybugs. But wouldn't it be cute if you just had a ladybug with you all the time? You could build a Nobody ha- is going to hate that. It could be your brainstorming bug. Yeah. Like it's your companion, like your... Like your little muse partner. like you'd never be alone uh-huh. you'd, you'd never be alone and it would never be inconvenient because it, it gets its own food or yeah. i could feed it listen i'm not above feeding <laughs> ladybug guys okay uh i'm gonna uh start this and you tell me when to stop okay stop okay okay pausing this figuring out your future coming back with the results that's just how we do it here okay it's okay. No one be worried about the fact that Sandra has a sugar snap pee in her mouth. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to start with, oh, my writing could not be worse today. It's so bad. And I picked a bad pen too. First, I'm going to say, I want to congratulate you because I don't think you'll ever be hurting for money having invented the post-it. Oh, thank it's you. It's ubiquitous. Everyone uses post-its. They're still alive and well, even in a world of computer technology. So you picked something that at least for the time being still has some longevity, I would speculate. Um, I want to, I mean, I'm assuming that's how you paid for your beautiful apartment in Salzburg, Austria. <gasps> oh my God. Uh, but it's also possible that maybe some of that money came from your job as an adventure uh, travel host of a show. I can't wait. So your home base is right, is Austria, but you've been everywhere. I mean, listen, you've been everywhere. Yeah, we're as about you to do. start on the uh, the season where we cover Africa. Yeah, you know. Um, my concern is, how do you travel? I guess you travel differently on the show because in life you travel on a flying triceratops. <gasps> Thank goodness. I just don't think many people have access to flying triceratopses. So well, they're like Bentleys. What? Oh God. I'm just saying you might have to actually travel by like train or plane from time to time and not flying triceratops just so the people can relate. Do you know what I mean? You want the people to relate to you. True. Um, Speaking of people and all people need is people and all you need is love. You do go back to visit the summer of love, which I think is really interesting. Oh, that'll be kind of a cool adventure. I'm, I'm excited to see, to hear how that goes for science. I can only assume that you take just in case something goes horribly awry during the summer of love, the smartest, most loving crime-solving dog the world has ever seen. We do That's a lot a good of work dog. together. I can only assume it can time travel and that it gets along with the Triceratops, God willing. <laughs> um, uh, and that leaves us with your home. Now, I know you live in an apartment in Austria. Do not worry. There is still a tree abundantly rich with super mule burritos oh thank god because you know what in austria i don't think you can get great mexican food so you probably will be really happy to have that more so than anything else you can certainly have your share of hazelnut chocolate when you're in austria anyway and probably you're not that and you're not that far from the waffles so you ended up with the one thing that is going to be the hardest to access (gasps) when you're in austria this is all working out so well so happy and you're sharing this you can some days when you're not that hungry, you can cut that super meal burrito in half and give the other half to Jimmy Stewart, oh. circa Mr. Smith goes to Washington. <laughs> I mean, this has really worked out well for you. I what am, an adorable life in Austria and as a travel show host and on the flying triceratops. I'm so excited about what's happening in my brain right now. Yeah, um, and I can guarantee this is all going to come true. This podcast comes with a certified money-back guarantee or your money back. Thank you. Now, if you didn't put any money into this experience, you're not getting any back. So even if it doesn't turn out to be true, I haven't lost anything, neither of you. I will make it rain. Great. Great. Um, Sandra, almost two hours. We made it to an hour, 45 minutes. Wow. What a delight. My longest podcast to date. Congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. I have had a great time. It's been fantastic. I feel tired (laughs) <laughs> I feel as tired as I should feel after the crazy amount of energy that I put into like that entire podcast because I had so much enthusiasm and my thoughts were racing. I feel like I don't need to think for like two hours, but I think a lot. So it's still going to happen. Is that why I feel tired a lot? I get really excited. I feel I- like I was really adrenalized because I was like, <laughs> oh my God, oh, so many of our synapses are firing and like all of these things are connecting for us circuitry wise. And then now I'm like, oh, listen, I got to lie down. Huh. It's great. Loved it. Good. 
I did too. Oh. Yeah, we did good. Yeah. That's not even the right word. We did well. <laughs> we did some good and we did very well together. When you start uh, using improper grammar, you know You know that it's time to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that you've won. We did it. Yeah. High five. Always the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.